My name is Tom Kearney, and the Tom Kearney Show is just my program. And don't for the next radio hour. We're here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10, with a little bit of live and in real-time radio. And try to sort of keep you up to date with things, if we have any changes in the weather and whatever. At the same time, we try to bring you programs that are entertaining and uh, hopefully uh, uh, something that you can learn something from, too. And, uh, and it's a potpourri of things. Uh, I always like to say to when people say, well, what, what, what kind of program do you have when, when I've just met somebody? And I say, well, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, tonight we're going to continue our series of nostalgia programs, which is the one night of the week that we have guaranteed open phones. We, we have kind of open phones on Friday night when we have trivia, but uh, I try to choose a subject that um, will elicit some response from the audience. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but uh, there's still a program here and there's still something coming out of the micro- going into the microphone and coming out of your speaker wherever you are. Tonight I'm going to invite you to join us to reflect on listening to the radio and specifically listening to WPTF. It doesn't have to be WPTF, but it seems to be the station at hand. Uh, but if you are from some other place, uh, if you're from Boston, for instance, you might want to talk about listening uh, as a lifetime experience to WBZ. If you're from Richmond, WRVA. If you're from Washington, maybe WMAL and WTOP. And uh, from Atlanta, WSB, and so on. From Charlotte, WBT. But in any event, I think I chose tonight's program, uh, the topic of talking about radio. I was listening to WPTF News, as a matter of fact, either this morning or maybe it was Friday. It was sometime recently, and the uh, promo for the news said news that we've been bringing you for over 90 years. And specifically, uh, we're in our 97th year now. The actual birthday uh, will be sometime in September, I think September 22nd will be the 97th birthday of the signing on of WPTF. Not, not didn't sign on as WPTF. Uh, the first call letters were, I think, WFBG, and there's a long history of that. But that is not going to be our primary concern tonight. Though if you have some question about that, uh, that has occurred to you because of your relationship to WPTE, and those are the people I'm talking about, the people who've listened to it for many, many years. Uh, so that's one of the reason that I thought about, well, let's do something on nostalgia for radio, uh, because I, I sometimes reflect, being a former history teacher, on what life was like in North Carolina, particularly in eastern North Carolina. WPTF signal was, um, by the 1930s, heard over most of eastern North Carolina, not as strong as it is now. It was 5,000 watts, but uh, and it's 50,000 now, but, uh, well, that's uh, 10 times more. Uh, in those days, there wasn't as much as, as much interference. They didn't have to fight to get through the signals and through the fluorescent lights and things like that. But as a former history teacher, I think, and I used to do this with my students when I could, to ask them to think back uh, about to the time that we were talking about, if it was recent American history, and to think what life must have been like without something. And the way I used to approach it was that what was the one thing that you would take back with you that probably didn't exist then. And I always chose the refrigerator, although I probably should have chosen the radio, because most of my life I've had a radio nearby, and uh, most of the nights of my life I have gone to sleep with the radio on. Even when I was a kid, my mother would come in and tuck Tommy in after uh, she, after he had gone to sleep and turn the radio off. Sometimes she didn't turn the radio off, and I listened. We'd wake up and listen to it in the middle of the night, but it has always been my 
my best friend. And I'm sure that there are other people that that, that is the case, too. In fact, uh, many people, when I meet them, uh, and then my, it's known that I have an association with WPTF, they remark on, particularly if they're locals, if they're Raleigh people or Wake County people or Eastern North Carolina people even, that uh, the first thing that their father did every morning or their mother in the kitchen would be to walk in and turn on WPTF, and, and from there on they, they would listen to it most of the morning and sometimes all day. It would be they were, What we have to remember here is the time that I'm talking about, starting back in the 1920s, is a time when there was no television, there was no Internet, there was no other kinds of entertainment. Radio was what all there was, and there's always a joke about people in families sitting around and watching the radio. Well, we actually did that, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people did uh, in, in the living room or in the kitchen sometime, whatever the, the appropriate place was. Sometimes in our uh, farmhouse, the only place that was warm was the kitchen, so we would sit around and watch the radio. But I want to hear your experiences. I'll, I'll tell you some of mine, but uh, there's not enough to fill up there, so I need your story. And part of the reason I like to do these programs is I'm trying to elicit stories, trying to get some information, not necessarily anything that would go into an encyclopedia, but to, to get uh, how, how people interacted with the radio. We did not have a television in my house until I was 11 years old, and that was partly because there was nothing to watch. There were no TV stations in eastern North Carolina. The first TV station east of Raleigh came on the air in, in December of 1953, and we got our television in the spring of 54. Uh, and that was Channel 9 in Greenville. Before that, probably the news that I got was NBC News from WPTF. Sometimes we listened in Goldsboro to WGBR, but there were not anywhere near as many radio stations on the air then as there are now, and there was not as much general coverage. In fact, the real explosion in the building of radio stations in a general way occurred right after World War II, and before World War II there was a limited number of stations. In fact, from 1924 until sometime in the mid-30s, the only station in eastern North Carolina was WPTF. And so wherever you were, that is the station that you had to listen to. But I want your story. If your One guy told me that he used to go to the farmer's market with his dad to pick up vegetables and stuff. I don't know if they had a restaurant or something, or it was just generally collecting food or whatever. But his father would get him up and make him go to the farmer's market with him, and he'd stay in the truck and listen to WPTF and listen to Bill Jackson, who was the morning man at WPTF from sometime in the in the 40s till sometime in the 70s. Uh, he was a BJ, as he was known, and he, was a, he would uh, come on, I think, about 4.30 or 5, and gradually he was famous because the show was kind of slow in the beginning, but it gradually picked up speed till it was uh, what we would call a regular speed show now, but it was, was not as... Uh, as slowly paced as it was. And uh, I w would wake up uh, and have my morning ablutions, eat my oatmeal, and uh, know that it was time to go. And more people than one have told me this, time to go to school when a certain part of the schedule, it was so regular and so scheduled that you didn't have to look at a clock if you listened to the radio by what program was on. And this is WPTF. You could know that it was time. 
to go to school. And I think in my case, uh, it was a program called GabFest that was on. And then later it was a program called Let's Go to the Hills. I'm going to have to check and see exactly what time those were on. But I think it was from like 8.15 to 8.30. And that meant I would uh, get out. And it didn't take me very long to get to school. But uh, I would be there in time to for it to, as they used to say, take in, the school to take in. So I want your story and how you related to it doesn't have to be WPTF, but if WPTF is the station, that will make it an even more interesting story. As I said, we are slowly but surely now creeping up on our 97th birthday, uh, which will be, uh, I believe, September 22nd. Uh, and uh, that would mean the station uh, was licensed and went on the air on September 22nd in the year 1924. There's a little disagreement among the records. Uh, so one of the records seems to say that a license was granted about a month later. But the, in the early days of radio, things were a little bit, uh, well, not as nearly scheduled as they are now, and, and a lot more irregular. For instance, the station, when it came on the air in 1924, was not on as it would be now. It was only usually on the air an hour or two a day. Maybe uh, the announcer would read uh, some weather reports, some farm prices, that was one of the things that was thought to be very valuable about the radio was to, to communicate with farmers what the prices were for tobacco and cotton and, and other things, and news and weather uh, and, and other things. And once in a while, the station would be signed on, according to the historical records that I have read, to do something like uh, when the governor was giving a speech on an important topic or when the inauguration was taking place. But let's have your story. What we're looking for tonight is a story about radio. And if you grew up in Richmond, well, you may want to talk about uh, Douglas Freeman and, and his state. Yeah, I think it was WRNL. I don't think it was WRVA in Richmond or some station in Washington or Philadelphia or uh, wherever your station may have happened to be. But what we're interested in is your story about your relationship to radio. And there might be a kind of nostalgia for the days when there was only one news source and, and not so many. I sometimes wish there were only three TV networks now, which there were when I was growing up most of my life, but rather than so many sources of information, some good and some bad now, along with the, the contributions of the Internet. So the telephone number, if you were willing to join us, and I hope you will, don't be bashful, and we always have pleasant conversations, and that's one reason I try to choose an interesting subject to be nostalgic about. Tonight it's radio, and specifically WPTF, if you have a WPTF story. If you listen to Bart Ridner or to the Wolfpack or to uh, the Farm Hour or to, to, to W.E. Dednam, some people will remember Dednam, Views the News, that was on WPTF each day, the SO Reporter, which that was on at night, uh, whatever. Uh, your story about WPTF and, and listening to it uh, is what we want. 919 is the area code, 860 9783. If you have letters on your telephone, 9783 works out to be WPTF, so it would be 919, area code 860-WPTF. We're talking about radio. We're being nostalgic about it. We're doing a little bit of remember when, and we need your contribution at the aforementioned number. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Astrologically speaking, Tom Kearney here on the Tom Kearney Show. And uh, it's the nostalgia show for this week with a little bit of open phones. And what we're being nostalgia about is listening to the radio uh, as a lifelong experience. And when you started, when you first.
What was your favorite station? It, it may or may not have been WPTF. Let's see if that was the case with Anthony. Anthony, was it WPTF? Yes, it was, Tom, WPTF. Okay, when did you start listening to WPTF, and how did that happen? Oh, did your parents gosh, choose it, I, or did you choose it? I guess I was about three years old. Okay. <laughs> My person. parents would get up early to go to work, and... Um, Anyway, this was before I started the school, even, and uh, they would have the radio on at 5 o'clock when Bill Jackson was on, and he would give the sign-on deal uh, saying that the studios and uh, offices were at 410 South Salisbury Street, Raleigh. I thought, oh, okay. okay. And actually, I went there one time and uh, saw that a friend of mine was working at uh, WQDR, your sister station there at the time, and... Uh, I went there, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty neat. Well, they were there when I started working. They moved uh, to our present location in 1987, but they were they were down there from 60, uh, 64, 65 to 1987. So it was a good place downtown. Well, well I, um, one of the reasons I got into radio had nothing to do with uh, playing music or reading news. It had to do with the technical part of it. And uh, you guys don't do this anymore. You still do it, but you don't uh, uh, say it like it used to be. When Durham Life Insurance owned it, it, like in the summertime in June, it would be 8.30, and they would say, this is WPTF, Raleigh, Durham, Cary, Chapel Hill. And then you would go off for a split second and come back on, and they would say, well, we're back. And uh, I thought, now what are they doing there? Well, what you were doing was shifting from one tower to two, for your nighttime pattern. And um, I used to listen to a station out of Fayetteville, and, man, they really had a well-defined pattern. Um, they were on 940 at the time, and they couldn't go north at night because it had to protect the Canadian uh, stations. And once uh, what, it, went, once it went off, it was gone. I mean... Yeah, that was the next morning. 940, which is the frequency that station was on, is what was called the Canadian Clear. And some night maybe we can talk about clear channels and things like that. But they had to protect that station. And, in fact, they did two things. They they changed the direction of their antenna, and they also changed the power. They went from uh, 10,000 watts or 50,000, I think it maybe was 10,000, to, to 1,000. And they still do that, as a matter of fact, I think. Well, they changed frequency in 1986 to 640. And they're 10,000 daytime, 1,000 watts night. But back okay. then when they were 940, they were 50,000 day, 1,000 watts night. But like I said, at sundown, they didn't give any warning. They were in the middle of a song, and boom, it's gone. It's like, I wonder where they went. And that's one thing that got me into radio was I wanted to know why. And I found but, out. Well, what they usually do, what they usually do, yeah, they're changing direction and the two antennas. I, I don't totally understand it, but one antenna sends out a signal, and the other sends out a signal, but it says a different phase, and they cancel out in, this, in one direction and, and so on. But uh, you, you pretty much described exactly what happened. In fact, uh, I think that station in Fayetteville was on a, another frequency before 940. I remember that they went to 940 about the early 70s, and then they went to, to 640. But they, their stations in the United States, and in the early days, WPTF had to protect uh, and still does, in a way, a station in, in, in San Francisco on 680 and one in Boston on 680. So. Right. Uh, and, and so their antennas are oriented south and east at night. 
so in any event, that's the... That's but the, uh, one thing funny, and then I'll let you go. Uh, one of the guys, one of the uh, disc jockeys down there, uh, this was back when it was 50,000 watts and on 940. Uh, he would say, uh, 50,000 watt WFNC. Those of you close enough to the transmitter, you can hear us on your electric razor. <laughs> that was funny. Well, I, you know, there used to be people in Cary where our station is. Who's, the, the signal somehow I heard. I don't know if it happened. You could. It was power when it was. It was fifty thousand watts. It, it got it somehow into the telephone lines. I don't know if that's true or not. I perhaps shouldn't even say that. But, uh, but maybe you could hear it on your teeth or something like that. <laughs> well, when I worked at Lillington, we were five thousand watts on thirteen seventy. And in Lillington Middle School, uh, this was the old building, you could hear it in the speakers uh, at that point. And uh, there was a guy that goes to my church. He said, oh, yeah, we could hear it whether you wanted to hear it or not. It would come through the speakers. I thought, wow. Well, I think that, that, that was the case, and it has to do with transmission lines and things like that. But let's don't wander off into that because I don't know anything. Well, I don't know enough about that to speak with authority, but... Usually we like to clean stuff up like that, and usually the engineers do, and it's, so everything is... I haven't heard any complaints in years, you know, but uh, the WPTF transmitters have been in Cary since 1935, and so... Right. Right, right up on Western Boulevard. Okay. Thank you. Well, uh, I for, used to listen to uh, uh, Wally Osley and, um, oh gosh, uh, Charlie Gaddy. I think they did Let's Go to the Hill. Well, they were among the ones that did. Charlie eventually left, you know, and went to Channel 5. And uh, Wally continued to do it. And Bart would did, did it sometime. And occasionally other people, Johnny Hood, would fill in when somebody, well, like if Wally was out doing a basketball game or something like that. Right. And uh, so, uh, but that was just a, a kind of show with a couple of guys talking. And they were the best shows, I think. Uh, it's kind of easy going. In fact, Tony Rigsby and I did a show the other night where we were, we were, um, aping that, you know, just kind of having a general conversation. And uh, uh, perhaps we weren't as talented as, as Bart and, and Wally were, but they, one morning Johnny Hood and what, Bart uh, did a show and we said, we talked about going to the farmer's market and buying spaghetti because the spaghetti trees had really come in that year. And <laughs> so it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So. Right. But, well, it's uh, good to talk with you, Tom. Likewise, good to talk with you, Anthony. Maybe you have been a good seed caller, and we will have some other long-time listeners. You are in, located in Broadway, which means you're near Sanford, and so uh, you are uh, you're in a good place to listen to W. We have a lot of listeners in that part of the world, and there are a lot of people, although there are a lot more radio stations now that thankfully keep their dials set on AM 680 and now on uh, 98.5, if you're close. Well, I'm, I've got it on uh, 680, but I also have it... Uh on your sister station, 8.50 a.m., because I grew up listening to that, too, when it was uh, WKIX, man. Oh, so did I. That was our rock and roll station. And I just, yeah, looked, at the clock, just looked at the clock, and it says it's time to go. Anthony, take care. We'll All right, talk. take care of yourself, Tom. We'll talk later. Likewise. Mm-hmm. Anthony, Bye. on WPTF, we're talking nostalgia. We'll be back. As I said, when we came on the first full day of summer, 2021, I still think it's the 1900s. It's the 20th century. We're in the 20th.
21st century, I think. Uh, this is the point in the program where we do a little promoing. Tomorrow night, my brother Stephen's going to be with us, and we're going to talk about uh, sitcoms on television and sort of grade them a little bit. We, he and I were both irritated a little bit when uh, Seinfeld was picked as the greatest sitcom of all time, and so we thought we'd talk about that a little bit, and, and uh, so we welcome you to join us here tomorrow night. Mike James, pharmacist, will be our guest on uh, uh, Wednesday night, and we're going to talk about old-time medicines, home remedies, and uh, things like that uh, before the day of modern chemical medicines. On uh, Thursday night, Lee Pace, a golf writer, uh, has a new book called Good Walks, sub subtitled Rediscovering the Soul of Golf at 18 of the Carolina's Best Courses. I've been reading this thing. I'm really enjoying it. So uh, just out from the University of North Carolina Press, and Lee will be our guest on Thursday night, and Friday night will be trivia night. I am told that the man from the other side of the tracks, Lou, is on the line, so we're going to talk to him right now. Lou, good evening. You're on WPTF. Yeah, I'm calling from the wrong side. From the wrong side. It's a great uh, subject because, as Anthony said, you, you really get inspired by the radio in some cases. And I guess the first station that inspired me when I was a kid was uh, WEED in Rocky Mount. Um, it was right down the street from where I lived, and I could see those three towers. It was over there behind Buck Overton's Barbecue. And... Um, and they, they were an ABC affiliate. And uh, I guess that's sort of what inspired me to, when I went to New York, uh, work for ABC Radio Networks because of I'd always grown up listening to ABC News and WEED. And then when my family moved to Wilmington in 1965, I started listening to uh, WMFD. Both of those stations went on the air in the 1930s. Weed in 33, and MFD in 35. So when I, when I learned at ABC Radio in New York, I brought back and, and worked for WMFD when uh, Carl Venters bought the station in the 90s, and uh, he uh, kept WMFD going as a news talk uh, program station. Now it's ESPN Sports. He put up new towers also at WMFD. And when the old towers went down, when they knocked those down, I got one of the uh, red beacon lights, and I've got it made into sort of a round Art Deco. I've got a little nightlight bulb inside, and I click it on, and that, that old MFD uh, red beacon lights right up. So that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, WMFD was... The TV station was WMFD-TV when it first came on. That's so right. Yeah, it was WMFD-TV. Wayne Jackson was one of the early um, stars of that particular TV, and he stayed with it when it was WECT his entire career. And Kenneth R. Murphy as well as the news guy. And Ken Murphy was inspired to get into broadcasting when he visited WPTF at a young age. I think a lot of folks have visited... PTF were inspired to get into radio or TV. Well, you know, the the uh, they they did well, and it was a very successful station. And in the 40s, the the insurance company that owned it built a building. It was called the Insurance Building. It's right next to the courthouse now in downtown Raleigh. And on the mezzanine is where the radio station was. And if you've ever seen any 
Hollywood movies made in the 40s where it's supposed to be in the context of a radio station. This radio station looked exactly like those, and it was, in fact, built by NBC, and it was a first-class operation. I mean, it was on on kind of springs so that it didn't absorb sound. I mean, it was a wonderful place, and they stayed there until they moved to, to Salisbury Street. So it was a really, I, I got a guided tour there when I came to Raleigh to take my SATs in 1960 or 61, sometime along there. But uh, uh, I wanted to go back to Rocky Mountain for a minute because I, of course, I listened to, I didn't go anywhere. My family never went anywhere, but so radio was the one way that I traveled vicariously. And uh, the station that I listened to from Rocky Mountain was WCEC. That's where Bart Rittner started out. That's where Bart Rittner started. That's right, and 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 it was a daytime station on eight ten, but it put out a good signal in the daytime, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know different parts of the AM band are more crowded than others because some of them are regional stations, some of them are daytime only, some of them are fifty thousand watt clear channel stations, and so on. So, but I can we remember. We used to like to listen to WM uh, WPTF on um, a nineteen forties Zenith table model radio that I've still got, still plays. It was my dad's, and he got it when he was at Duke, and it still plays, and it's got a lighted dial. But we used to listen to WPTF on that radio on Christmas morning because PTF would play the best Christmas music. And the other station that everybody just really loved when you're a teenager was Kicks. Man, you know, you turn into Kicks. And they play Herman Hermits, Henry VIII, I Am, I Am. And, man, you were rocking. I mean, that was a hot uh, top 40 station kicks. Well, really you gotta, was. Now, I'm a little, little older, maybe a lot older than you, and you got to remember that the America was cruising along and you could read in Life magazine about rock and roll stations, you know, WABC. And the, I've done oh, yeah. some programs on the Tom Kearney show called Waiting for the Sun to Go Down. And that was what we had to do for rock and roll for a long time. But on some afternoon in May of 1959, I believe, somewhere along there, I remember some guys were riding around, and I wasn't even old enough to have a driver's license yet. And kicks went rock and roll. I mean, we had, as teenagers, our rock and roll, what you described, you know, the, a really hot radio station that you know did all the formulas and had News Live at 55 and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, I think Kicks and Big Ways in Charlotte were the two best uh, rock and roll stations in the state, hands down. I, I think you're probably right about that. Uh, there was a station in Durham that was relatively low power on 1490 that was a pretty good rock and roll station. You could hear it in Durham and Chapel Hill, and that, that made a little bit. But I, no, I, was that WDNC? No, it was WSSB, I think, was the time. Okay. DNC was on 620, and it, it came, it was really the second station in the Triangle. It was a CBS affiliate, and it came on in uh, 1934, as a matter of fact, I think. Uh, but I'd forgotten. Well, I remember that. when I was at ABC in New York, but PTF was a Cap City's ABC affiliate at that time. And now CBS, and of course at one point NBC, so across the dial. And they were affiliate of the news service, is what they were affiliate. Yeah, news, they were, news affiliate. They, they started out on NBC in the late 20s and stayed with it until the late 80s. And then um, I think NBC News was regarded as a little bit stodgy, and, and FM was uh, had more possibilities and so on. So they went to ABC, and then they went back to went to CBS, and they've been with CBS since then. And uh, 
slow the old the old news networks have dissolved. I think CBS is still out there, and and uh, NBC is, and but uh, uh, mutual friends. Yeah, ABC and CBS are the best radio news operations, that's for sure. And yeah. Peter Jennings would do a commentary for ABC Radio every afternoon, as well. And um, and you know, I met ABC. Robert Trout in at the ABC newsroom one time. The great, great pioneer Robert Trout. Wow! Oh yeah, you know? he, that boy had been around. He was doing network news in the '30s, like 19. He covered the, the uh, Spanish uh, Civil War, for instance, among other mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Well, thanks and, for all the nostalgia, Tom, and um, really good talking to you. And i got to say, your show is as excellent as any show that's ever been on PTF. And, you know, well, well, make, just, make uh, sure you write a letter or send an email to the boss. Keep care. Yeah, I wish that. You know, they never promo your show, but that's okay. Everybody still listens. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing I've always liked is that uh, we mostly haven't had any promos, and but I think, uh, well, I think we try to do a good job and try to make it interesting. And, uh, and well, I know Don Curtis must love you, ma'am. Take care. Uh, uh, thank you, Lou. It's always good to hear from you. Good to talk to you, Tom. Bye-bye. John, who is our next caller? Bob Hello, from John. Spring Hope. Bob from Spring Hope. Is this Bob from Spring Hope? Bob, we're going to, Bob, are you there? Thank you for taking my call. Okay, I'm sorry you. Well, I'm sorry you had to wait, but we always like to, we try to take people in order and we try to let them say what they need to say. So, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I grew up in Detroit as a kid back in the '60s. What about it, WJR? Yeah, but I can remember I had an old transistor radio, and it had that little one earbud or headphone you put in your ear. Yep. And at night. I would go to AM, and I would sit there and just go through the dial, and you would hear all these radio stations from all over the United States. You remember that? Oh yeah, that's that. That's what I did every night. I mean, I could lie there in the dark or sit in the dark because I recognized, you know, where the stations were, and I could tell you which one it was. WJR was seven seven sixty. And then WABC was 770, and WBBM in Chicago was 780. You see, just like that, uh, those were the ones you would get. And I, In fact, I, the other day, you may know who this guy was, but I was watching a YouTube thing about the retirement of Ernie Harwell. Yes. And I, I, he was my favorite, and I always enjoyed listening to him. More. And you could hear WJR down here in the morning, in the winter, because the sun came up later. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I used to listen to J.P. McCarthy. I don't know if you ever heard him. Uh, no, I don't remember him, but I got yeah, Ernie Harwell. Um, uh, he done uh, uh, commentary for the Detroit Tigers. He did for about forty years, as a matter of fact. He's yep. generally thought of as being one. He and like Vince Scully for the Dodgers. He was around a long, long time. But but you were in a good place. You could hear the Chicago stations. You could hear some Canadian stations, uh, and it was just fun listening. Listen, it, see, that's how I traveled. I, I, I've never been to, to Pittsburgh, but I know where Liberty Avenue is, and I'm a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, and I've never even been to Pittsburgh. I used to listen to KDKA in Pittsburgh every night when I was a kid. And before, now, just before we were any TVs in my house, first talk show I ever heard was on KDKA. Hmm. And, uh, uh, but, 
WJR is one of those stations that was spread it. It's powerful enough, and it's in such a good location that you could probably hear it over about half the United States. Yeah, and uh, what is it, WBBM? WDBM? Yeah. I don't I don't recognize that, but some of the colors have changed. I used to listen to one that you know, CKLW. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's the rock and roll station. Uh, CKLW, they had a uh, a, a TV station there, too, out of Canada. Out of Canada, yeah. It's actually a Canadian station, but it was unlike a lot of the, well, most of the Canadian stations were, that had a lot of power were government stations, were CBC. Uh But uh, they were not uh, independent rock and rollers. There were some in Toronto and some maybe in Montreal, but most of the stations that, you know, really got out. I used to listen to CBL out of Toronto, which was a CBC station. And uh, and I know a friend of mine and I were talking about CKLW the other night, and uh, I think they had it wired so you could hear it in the tunnel going between Windsor and and, uh, Detroit. Yeah. But, I mean, I just wondered if, you know, if you remember, like I said, the old little small transistor radio, and at night when uh, everything was, they shut down, and you would sit there and run through the channels, and you would pick up. I guess they call it skip. Uh, yeah, it it is a, it is skip. It's the same thing that short wave does for you at night, and it, it doesn't work on FM or TV. It only works on AM and short wave. And uh, when there's a a band of ion, ionized uh, atmosphere around the Earth, and it it builds up at night. The sun destroys it in the daytime, but it builds up at night, and, and the signals bounce off of it and bounce back to Earth. And, you could hear Chicago. I don't know how, if you ever heard any Western stations, you know, like Denver or uh, Des Moines. You could hear Des Moines here, as a matter of fact. Uh, but uh, Fort Worth, Texas, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I, I made, I, as I say, I traveled by going listening to all the different radio stations all over. But uh, I'm glad you remember that, and I, I hope you'll go out sometime to your car or wherever your best AM radio is and then tune down the dial and see what you can pick up now. Okay? Well, we're fixing to do some traveling so uh, in an RV and, and it's got a radio in it so I'll probably be doing that out there in the RV. <laughs> Sounds good to me. You know, that's why there were those truck driver stations, you know, that had, uh, after midnight, they switched from their normal formats to, like, country music and they were advertised, put on by big oil companies like Union 76 used to have a bunch of truck driver, you know, Places and they would use the radio to tell people where they were, and, mm. and uh, WWL in New Orleans used to do that too. And truck drivers liked stations that they could hear for a long distance. And you could probably hear the New Orleans station from corner to corner at yeah. night if the, if the circumstances were good. But I need to get along now, and uh, I hope you'll join us again sometime. All right. Well, thank you for taking my call, and you have a good one. have a good trip, and hope you listen to some good radio stations. Thank you. Okay. That was good. That was good. That's the kind of guy, kind of experience we're looking for. Uh, if you were a WPTF listener and your mom or dad turned it on first thing in the morning and listened to it uh, while you were getting to work, or your dad uh, left you in the truck with the with the key turned on so you could listen to it, or you grew up listening to the former caller to the WJR, we've got time for at least one more person tonight. And he can join us at 919-860-9783. We'll be back. To the radio generally and listen to WPTF specifically. It didn't have to be WPTF, but uh, it would be nice to get some stories about, uh, well, 
listening to WPTF uh, one caller tonight did mention that mom and dad uh, turned on the radio at 5 a.m. and uh, started getting breakfast ready and getting the kids ready to go to school and everything. And and I listened to Bill Jackson, who was the longtime morning man. But uh, that was in the when when radio was king and when, in fact, people did sit and listen to the radio and stare at the radio. I know. Uh, my mom liked to listen to the radio, and I did too, and there was no TV around, and so we got what knowledge we had of the world uh, from, from the radio. We listened to, to the local station in Colesboro, our sister station, and Curtis Media Group, uh, WGBR. Uh, some, but we also listened to the NBC station from Raleigh, which came in fine in Goldsboro, WPTF, and got uh, the Bob Hope Show and the Eddie Cantor Show and... Uh, X minus one, which was a science fiction program, was one of my favorites. And of course, there was a lot of good news, and there were a lot of sports broadcasts. Uh, I was listening to uh, from William Neal Reynolds Coliseum, the NC State Wolfpack, who were the first team in the, uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference to have a really outstanding basketball team. And of course, that built up the competition from uh, from UNC and from Duke, and ultimately Wake Forest and some of the other schools. Uh, but uh, you can imagine the importance of the radio and stations like WPTF, which covered a large area with its 50,000-watt signal, which it had from 1941, 42 on. It covered approximately half of North Carolina and some into Virginia and into South Carolina in the daytime. There weren't as many stations on then. There wasn't as much electrical interference, and people could uh, could pick up the station. And at night, of course, they, they did station was directionalized primarily south and west, but uh, Lou, who uh, grew up part of the time, one of our earlier callers uh, in, in Wilmington would have been able to hear WPTF because it's right in the middle of the pattern WPTF broadcast on. But I, I'm always, when I, when I think about it, uh, the living as we did at the edge of town and living in a world in which there were a lot less media stimulation than there is today, a lot less opportunity to find out what was going on in the world, how important a radio station was and how important getting the news uh, from, uh, well, ABC, NBC was WPTF, but we listened to uh, WDNC in Durham sometime and a station in Wilson, North Carolina, WGTM, which is no longer on the air, was a CBS affiliate. But I've always said uh, when I was a kid, until I was 11, when we got the TV, if I knew about it, I either read it in the News Observer or heard it on WPTF. So a celebration tonight uh, of nostalgia for radio when it was uh, when it when it was king before television came in the 50s. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about sitcoms on television. As a matter of fact, maybe some on the radio. But Stephen Kearney will be back. Then.